up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined, as always, by David Lake. Um, not an emergency podcast, uh, but a podcast we've been waiting to tape. Miami got some good news on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Four-star safety Cameron Kitchens out of Miami Northwestern. He announced a commitment to the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, so we are going to talk about that on this podcast. Also going to get into the changes that are coming to college football in terms of schedules. Um, and then we'll just kind of cruise from there. So David, how are you doing on this uh, Saturday? Rare Saturday taping session. Yeah, Saturday podcast. We wanted to wait. You know, we knew that Cam Kitchens was going to make his announcement on Saturday. So just figured we'd wait until today to record. It's now official and we can get into it more. Yeah. Uh, you say official. That's because there was some, um, I don't know if like 11th hour scare, but I, I really didn't know it was if it was for sure going to be Miami until um, actually Saturday morning at like 7 a.m. That's kind of when I had gotten word that it was going to be Miami. I mean, Auburn was definitely in this recruitment. They were definitely trying to get Cam. Uh, and in the end, it's it's the Hurricanes that went out. Um, fifth guy from Miami Northwestern to commit to Miami this cycle, which I think is absolutely huge. You know, you talk about recruiting home, and uh, you know Miami's doing just that, and they're and they're getting guys from state title winning programs. Uh, David, what do you just kind of think of, of Cam? I know you wrote a good story that's on the site inside the U.com about how Miami is just kind of like recruiting a ton of safeties as as college football evolves. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that is the future of defensive football, and, and we've talked about many times here on this podcast just how things are trending. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, it mirrors basketball. What the the, the changes that have happened in the NBA and basketball in terms of spacing and pace and length and having a bunch of guys on the court who can do a lot of things well. I think that's, you know, we're starting to see that evolution come to football primarily because of the spread offenses create a lot of space. And to defend that, you need athletes who can handle playing in space, close down on that space, um, and, and either make the tackle in space or come away with a, a takeaway. Now, how does Cam Kitchens uh, fit into all this? Well, he's, he's one of the guys, I think it's fair to say, in the state, uh, one of the top ball hawking safeties in this class. You know, he's not he, he's not the most physically impressive guy in terms of his speed isn't going to wow you. And, you know, his size, he's, he's a solid size. He's about 5'11", 6 foot, you know, about 200 pounds, um, which, is good, which is good enough, certainly. But those two elements of his game aren't necessarily going to wow you. What, what wows you about Cam is his instincts and positioning. And you can see that on his, on his huddle highlight if you guys check that out, because the way the clips are cut, they show a lot of pre-snap reads that Cam is making on his highlights. So a lot of, he had nine interceptions last season. 
you know, pretty much all those plays are on his highlight. And the, the way those clips are cut, you can see uh, Cam kind of diagnosing what he's reading from the offense before the snap. And, you know, the, the things he does at the high school level before the snap and his understanding of where he needs to be in relation to how the offense is lining up in my mind is extremely advanced, extremely special, and that's going to translate at the college level. So, you know, as the college game and really just football in general, uh, the passing game gets more and more efficient every year. And so if you have guys that understand how to put themselves in position to take the ball away in the passing game, that is, a premium. That's a huge deal. And Cam Kitchens is one of those types of players. Right. He's definitely an instinctual guy. Um, you know, you can, you can diagnose and that allows him to get a jump start and kind of crash down on some passing lanes. When I was doing the evaluation they, they want to do for, uh, for us at 24 seven sports, I said, he's kind of like a midsize safety. You know, he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's small, but he's, at the same time, he's not 6'3 in James Williams or a bigger guy like Bubba Bolden, but he is someone I think that they can kind of move around. Yeah. Uh, he's up to 200 pounds. You know, he actually on, on Saturday morning, this is kind of when I, when I knew it was for sure Miami, uh, he, he was working out down in, uh, in Wynwood at a gym. He's been training there, uh, Legacy Fitness with a few other guys. You know, he's up to 200 pounds now. He's, he's on a... Uh, a meal program. So they're kind of working him out four or five times a week uh, and he's put on the right weight. And um, I could honestly see him being a guy that if they, if they needed to at some point down the line could put him potentially in the box. And yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. Like look at where and you touched on it. Football's going. I, I just think it makes uh, a ton of sense. And uh, he is. And the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, the junior tapes impressive put on that sophomore tape too. Uh, you know, he started for a team that won a a state championship, then back-to-back seasons with 70 tackles. He's had 13 picks over the past two years. Not a lot of kids can say that. Yeah. I, I'll have to admit, I saw him as a sophomore and I didn't, I had no idea who he was. So, you know, Northwestern went on this state championship run that year, his sophomore year when they were, you know, very much so kind of the underdogs of that district, if I remember correctly. Um, but, but they went on a run. They, they came to Naples High and, and played Naples High as a young team that, you know, was getting hot at the right time. And Naples was, was scrapping. They, they were scratching and clawing to stay in the game. And I remember they were driving. So Naples runs a, you know, wing T type of offense. And they were driving. They got down t- into the red zone pretty close to the goal line. They attempted a, a rare pass. Cam Kinchins, you know, read the play the whole way, jumped out in front of the ball, picked it off and returned it 90 plus yards for a touchdown that pretty much took the air out of the building, sealed the game. Northwestern went on to win quite comfortably. Um, and again, he was a sophomore. I had no idea who he was, you know, frankly, at that time, but that play certainly jumped out, uh, you know, and, and I'll say this too, like he is a guy that picks off passes and he has that like sneaky, herky-jerky uh, 
feel for how to, you know, return the ball 20, 30, sometimes to the end zone off those picks. Um, you know, Ed Reed had that same ability, that same feel when he picked off balls, he was a weapon. He was extremely dangerous uh, as a returner when, when he got those picks. We kind of see that too with Cam Kitchens. When, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's looking to try and score or pick up as many yards as possible too. Yeah. Um, and I know that's something that Mike Rumpf likes in his corners, but it is good to see uh, in, in the safeties. David, if you had to compare Cameron to anyone on the current roster, where would you kind of slot Cam? I, I think he's almost in a way um, like a combination of Amari Carter and uh, Gervin Hall. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, there's no one that really pops out to me. Uh, I know uh, some people, if you talk to the, that have been around Cam Kitchens, they'll use the Jaquan Johnson and yeah. just in terms of personality and, and kind of how he directs yeah. his teammates and stuff. Uh, I mean, I know this was big on the, on the seven on seven circuit. Uh, you know, he played for the Miami Immortals and you could say what you want about seven on seven, but um, from, from what I heard, his leadership traits really came through in that, in that setting. And I think that's encouraging to hear. So I, I think he's a combination kind of, of all three of those guys. I think that's fair. I think, you know, before you mentioned it, I would have said, you know, I don't know if there's necessarily a great comp on this roster, but, you know, I do think there is some strong comparisons to Jaquan Johnson. Um, you know, both sides. I think Jaquan had very strong instincts uh, as well. He was kind of more of a in-the-box type guy, whereas Cam... I think right now it is probably a little better as a deeper safety, but, you know, I do think when you, when you watch Cam's highlight too, he does flash the ability to understand proper angles to take when, de when defending the run, uh, you know, how to get through traffic on the way to the ball carrier. Is he necessarily a thumper? No, not yet. I mean, I think, I think that can come with time and maybe that'll happen as soon as, whenever he can play football next with his, you know, added weight and bulk. Um, but yeah, I, I think like maybe a, a slightly poor man's Jaquan Johnson is, is the comp I would make maybe. Right. Anything else you want to talk in with, with Cam before we get into a, a break here and then uh, dive into the schedule mess? Um, you know, I just think too, like we, we got to recognize and, and you know, give Miami praise for the run they're on right now. I mean, you know, you mentioned it, but they are, they're going head to head with these SEC teams. Uh, you know, Romello Brinson within the last month, uh, they beat Georgia to land Romello Brinson. They beat out Auburn to land Cam Kitchens. These are the type of recruiting battles Miami has to win if they expect to compete for meaningful things. And, you know, for now, they're getting it done. It's a good sign, I think. And we'll see if they continue to keep it rolling. And last thing I'm going to say here is, you know, in the recruiting industry, we have, when you see uh, a kid who will have all these finalists or whatnot, sometimes you don't have all those schools won't have a spot for that kid. So they won't be, as we call it, they won't be a take. Um, and yeah, with, with Cam Kitchens, maybe LSU didn't, didn't want him or, or have space for him because they had some other safeties on the board or already committed. But 
Uh, Auburn absolutely did. Texas A&M did. Uh, and, and Nebraska did. And I mean, how long ago? It, it seems like just six talking about how Miami was struggling to recruit against Nebraska. So I think this is definitely uh, a step in the right direction. So let's take a quick break on the other side. Going to get into what could be a weird fall for us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, David, we are back. Um, actually getting weird. Um, and I guess as of Saturday, uh, lunchtime on Saturday, no has been made by the ACC, but all signs are potentially pointing to the Hurricanes playing a all-conference schedule uh, and, and we, I guess we should say we know they're not going to play Michigan State in 2020. Right. Yeah, so the Big Ten has officially decided to go conference only, the Pac-12 as well. Um, you know, you just got to read the tea leaves and kind of understand this is probably going to be how it has to be, you know, quite frankly, if football is going to be played. You know, look, we're not, we're not trying to be doom and gloom here. We're just keeping it real. We're, we're going we're gonna to shoot you guys straight. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think to be honest and fair, we have to say things probably are hanging by a thread right now. Um, I think right now that the conference commissioners are trying to put together the best plan possible to try and get a football season in this fall. And the best path to get that done is by playing a conference only schedule you know in the last podcast i mentioned the logistical challenges of playing outside your conference because you know if you play these group of five teams or those uh, fcs level teams the testing protocols might be different and if the testing protocols of those teams aren't on the same level as your team you are susceptible to being exposed uh, to COVID. So it looks like things are going to be conference only if they are played this fall. Um, you know, in terms of what that would look like, it's hard to say right now. Is it going to be an eight game season? Is it going to be a 10 game season? Is it going to be a 12 game conference only season? So I think there are some options. You know, we do know like they definitely want to get this season in. They want to play it. Um, so they're going to do everything in their power to try and make it happen. You know, hopefully they can put together a good plan. And in addition to that, uh, things start trending in a better way uh, in terms of the COVID reality. So 
we'll find out. How, what do you think, Andrew? If if Miami goes to an ACC only schedule, you know, hypothetically, what what amount of games would you want to see? Would you want to see eight, ten, twelve? What what's your opinion on that? Well, I think the more realistic thing, and this is just me kind of. I mean, these aren't my own takes. Like these are opinions that have been put out there by other people, and I, I don't even know who to source to all this, but. Um, I, I think the most realistic one would be an eight-game schedule where you kind of program in some bye weeks. You know, you play week off, play week off, play week off. Um, yeah. I think that's most realistic given where we are in a country. I mean, heck, yeah. like I, I got tested and it, it took 10 days to, to get a result. And, you know, I know someone else who got tested two days before me and, and they never got a result. And by the way, I, I'm negative, but I'm just kind of pointing that out there like, you know, things are going to have to rapidly change, I, I think. So I lean towards eight would make the most sense. Now, if the option is there for the ACC to add games and, and make it a 10-game uh, schedule, I think things could get interesting. And it just doesn't even go th- for the ACC. But now if you're adding Miami, let's say they play Clemson or yeah. they play Notre Dame, like, dang, I mean, yeah, you lost that Michigan State game, but the schedule kind of gets a little bit better. And I think that even applies over – you could translate that to the SEC, like let's say Alabama and Florida were to play now or, or anything like that. So I think there's reasons you could get excited about the season. Um, I, I, and I will say the one I, the, the one report, I don't know who put it out there, I, I guess I should be better at this, is someone said they would do uh, five, five teams home yeah. and home. Like that, that doesn't work for me. But if you can find a way – if you can give me 10 games and, and Miami gets – Notre Dame or Clemson, I think it's best case scenario at this point. That would be fun. Um, you know, I think even too, if they do a 10 game uh, season, just conference only, I think you could possibly even stretch that out, you know, just to try and make it work. You know, maybe you don't, maybe you don't go every other week in a 10 game schedule, but maybe you go like 10 days um, between games. So you know, I do think if, if they are able to, to do it and make it work, it could be fun. It could be interesting and new and unique for one year. You know, heck, I'm even down for the five-team home-and-home type thing just because, you know, obviously some football is better than no football. I think, too, that, that, that format would be interesting from the standpoint of, okay, we could really see which coaches are good at making adjustments. Um, oh, you know, my God. It'd yeah. be interesting, right? So, you know, um, again, no one wants football more than you and me this fall. We are hoping and praying that it happens. Uh, but we got to keep it real. And, you know, we're not the only ones who are saying this. Uh, you know, this morning, the SEC commissioner said, you know, things are not looking good. Uh, so, you know, let's hope things turn around with COVID. Let's hope, you know, these commissioners can put together a good plan, a safe plan for everyone that makes sense and, uh, we, we can make it happen. But certainly I think within the next week, um, you know, I would, I would probably even figure by Wednesday, to be honest, that we will know where the ACC stands in terms of what they're thinking with a conference only schedule and or how many games can be played. I know the SEC is scheduled to meet 
on Monday and talk things out. So, but again, like the big 10 just doing this, uh, you know, on their own kind of force the hands of the rest of the conferences. And so I would expect everyone else has to follow suit with this conference only type schedule this year. So let's say they go, you know, uh, 10 game schedule home and home. Are, are we going to see Vegas lines? Like, can I, can I get a, get a bet? But like if Miami plays Pittsburgh home and away cumulative score, can I get like a line on it? That, that'd, be, that'd be fun. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like I said, I think it could be fun. Is it going to be weird and different? Yeah, of course. But you know, just because like, if, if Miami opens a Pittsburgh, like as the, as the schedule currently stands, Pittsburgh would be the ACC opener, right? Um, which by the way, that's kind of a tough opener if we're going to be honest, but anyways, you play Pittsburgh once and then you play them again in, in what game six, I would assume, uh, that's interesting to me. I don't know, like how, whether that game goes well or doesn't go well for Miami, how do the, how does the coaching staff handle it? What changes do they make? Are they willing to be creative? Do they have, you know, 10 to 14 days to get creative uh, this season, you know, in between games. So I don't know. I, I just, I hope that we have college football. Last thing for me, uh, like someone said, teams might potentially, you would just uh, like isolate your units. Uh, I don't know how they would practice, but like the first team offense would never go around the second team offense and, yeah. and, and vice versa. That way, if someone were to pop positive, um, you know, and you would just know. put, you'd have to put like Derek King in a literal bubble um, when he's outside of the practice field, right? Like don't let him interact with anyone. Just yeah. go right home, come right back. I mean, you know, Derek King's a mature dude. He's not going to put himself in, in any compromising position anyways, but you know, <laughs> and, and I keep saying final point, but let's say there is eight games, right? Let's just say there's eight. Yeah. You know, it's going to be, a, it'll get real, real interesting how the red shirt situation gets worked out because uh -huh. now it's like I can red shirt four games, but it, it, playing four, I could play half the season. I, I wonder if the, AC, if the, if the NCAA would step in and be like, Oh no, it's only two now. Um, right. Yeah. But, I mean, who knows with the NCAA to be honest, but you would hope, I mean, it'd be a, a show of goodwill if they kept it at four. But yeah, I mean, that's certainly an interesting point you bring Dude, up. This podcast would go nuts about roster management. <laughs> well, we'll save that for the future, hopefully, right? Hopefully yeah. we can talk about that. All right, guys, uh, that's going to do it for the show. want to thank everyone who likes, subscribes. Um, thank you. Uh, the reviews go a, yeah. a long way. Um, much appreciated. And uh, I don't know, Dave, you got anything else? Yeah. So, you know, if you're listening to this um, podcast by Sunday at midnight, um, so Sunday at 1159 PM, um, we are running a deal, you know, in congruence with uh, Cam Kitchen's commitment to Miami. So 60% uh, off an annual subscription, I think that comes out to be about 43 bucks. Again, you know, Miami is doing well on the recruiting trail. I know Andrew still, you know, is always getting scoop. Recruiting never stops. So 
while there might not be a college football season this fall, there is certainly a recruiting season. And to be honest with you, uh, that might be <laughs> the only type of competition we see uh, at the college football level. And Miami's doing some exciting things on the recruiting trail, to be honest. So Manny Diaz is getting wins on the recruiting trail. I think it's, it's fun following it right now. Uh, so I would encourage everyone to, to hop on board. 60% off, 43 bucks for a full year. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun on the message board and, and keep providing great content. All right, guys, later. Take care.